This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Cardiology and Heart Surgery Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Tim Farley, Director of Ambulatory Services for the Cardiovascular Institute of Advent Health in Altamont Springs, Florida. Tim, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me, Laura. Before we dive into the questions, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, so I'm a, a nurse by background. I uh, have been a nurse for, uh, I'll just say, over 25 years. Uh, and uh, But I, I went from bedside nursing to administration um, um, probably about eight years into my career. Uh, I started off my career at uh, Duke University Medical Center in the cardiovascular intensive care unit. I was I was fortunate enough to to work at a great institution and you know Duke being a, a great name and just lots of wonderful experience there, um, both clinically and then uh, as I advanced in leadership, I became uh, the, the nurse manager of the intensive care unit there, and um, got my MBA and, and decided that uh, it was time to to move on for a director position and. And so I took uh, some various uh, director level positions and, and advanced positions. Uh, worked, you know, went from working at, at Duke to uh, a for-profit institution, and then uh, later a not-for-profit institution. And uh, now I work in, in a uh, not-for-profit um, faith-based organizations in Central Florida. So it's been a great journey, and it's one thing I loved about getting into nursing, and, and I still still excites me about nursing because there's so many options that you can do uh, with that, and uh, particularly as you marry a, a business background with nursing and you just have a more well-rounded, I think, experience. Got it. Absolutely. I think that just sounds like such a fascinating way to get to where you are today. And, you know, you looked at where you started your career. Did you have a, a career path planned out or is this something that you were able to take advantage of opportunities as they arose? Yeah, it was definitely taking advantage of some opportunities. Uh, you know, I think like a lot of people getting out of college, uh, you know, it's you know I wanted to just practice my craft as a nurse and um, got into it and just really enjoyed nursing and loved the patient interaction. Uh, you know, I will say that it, you know in a matter of probably five years of working night shift and, and then, then switching to day shift later on, but uh, the bedside nursing is is kind of brutal on your um, back and stuff. And so I kind of got to a point one day where I was like, you know, um, it's probably, uh, this is not a long-term career for me, just uh, with, uh, you know, back issues and stuff and, and lifting patients, heavy patients all the time. And and I thought, you know, it's probably a good opportunity for me to look uh, at uh, administrative. And, and I looked at, you know, do I want to be a nurse practitioner? Do I want to do other clinical things? And uh, you know, I kept being drawn to administrative type uh, roles, and and um, one day was asked to to be an interim nurse manager, and and did that, and and that of course led into being full time manager, and and then uh, off off my administrative career went. Fantastic! You know, I'm really excited to get your perspective on a few things today. So first off, what are your top priorities, and how do you see them evolving in the next twelve months or so? So. Here over the last uh, you know few years, my my top priorities have shifted from a, a focus of really inpatient to more of an outpatient centric view. Uh, top priorities are really around creating a tight partnership with our cardiologists and surgeons. Um, and while in the past that would have oftentimes meant employing our physicians, and in some parts of the country that might still be the right strategy. 
uh, here in Central Florida, the the right strategy seems to be a blend of employment and uh, strong partnerships and things like joint ventures and um, and PSAs, things like that, that will kind of create a tighter niche. Uh, and you know, while uh, there is a need to have a mix of employed and independent or aligned physicians, as I like to say, uh, it's not always necessary to employ all providers. And, and again, I think it depends on your market. But, um, you know, joint ventures and OBLs and ASCs is really um, my top priority uh, and will be the top priority probably for the next five years because it's a it's uh, essential to create uh, not only a strong alliance with our physicians uh, or a way to do that, uh, it's also increasingly expected from our payers to have a lower cost uh, setting for healthcare. Got it. Yeah, I think that's really interesting to to think about. And, you know, what are some of the challenges that you're facing, especially with that transition as, uh, you know, providers are in different situations than they were before and, and more care is going outpatient? You know, the, the single biggest threat that we're facing is really from competitors or, or third-party investment firms uh, partnering with, with our aligned physicians uh, who currently work, work in our hospitals and um, doing joint ventures with those physicians to create OBLs and ASCs because uh, it's, it's relatively low cost to, to entry and, um, and very little risk on the part of the third party uh, individual or individuals. Uh, in an, as an organization, Advent Health has done the same thing and, and same thing in different markets, right? We, we uh, were approached a few years ago by some physicians who wanted to build an OBL and ASC uh, who needed some additional capital to get started. Uh, those physicians originally wanted to partner with the health system that they did their inpatient work at, but couldn't secure the funding. So they approached us, and um, you know, as a, as a competitor to that facility that they originally approached, it, it made sense for us, right? We we were able to buy in at a small 15% stake into the ASC, uh, and it made sense because it's a net new business for us. Um, you know, again, very little risk on on our part, and plus we saw kind of the the downline revenue stream possibly as uh, we developed additional relationships with these physicians that they would uh, migrate some of their business over into the hospital for the inpatient environment. So ironically, uh, we were we are facing the same thing from a third party ASC company uh, who was very strategic in their hiring of a cath lab manager that that we had that we employed. Uh, so they were able to recruit that manager away from us. Uh, that that manager had good relationships with our aligned physicians, and by having a good relationship with those physicians, they were able to, you know, recruit several high volume providers to develop two ASCs in in one of our markets. And that was a market that we we dominate currently and have about 75 to 90 percent of the market share. And so now we're going to be forced to react to that threat either by taking a minority share of the ASC or by uh, partnering with other physicians or employing providers and opening our own ASC to compete with uh, with these centers. And, and uh, you know, it's unfortunate that we found ourselves in this situation, but, in, you know, oftentimes it's very difficult for health systems to make a case for opening an ASC in a, in a market that they currently dominate because you get addicted to the high revenue that comes from inpatient services and to be able to make a case to be able to go to that lower revenue producing outpatient service is very difficult. So I don't fault uh, executives for those decisions. It's just uh, I think the market is shifting to an outpatient 
um, model whether we like it or not. So we, we need to d- develop strategies and, and execute a little faster on those. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I know a lot of uh, different health systems are kind of tackling that same issue or being confronted by that same trends and trying to make decisions there as well. Given that, how are you thinking about department growth in the future? Yeah, I think you know growth targets have to shift from inpatient to outpatient growth and really focusing on uh, covered lives instead of uh, revenue. And um, the reality is, you know, CMS is, uh, has approved more codes or approving more codes each year that can be done in ASC, and in fact uh, approved over 100 additional codes in 2021. Uh, you know, with their efforts to have site-neutral payments, uh, we need to find less expensive uh, platforms to deliver care. And the business is shifting again, whether we like it or not, it's going to be shifting to an outpatient base. So we need to embrace that change and find ways to grow and thrive in this new paradigm. Uh, it's widely reported that while hospitals grew by less than 1% over the last five years, ASCs grew in that same time period by 7.1% nationally, and, and it's expected to accelerate growth over the next five years. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Now, as we wrap up our discussion, can you share three pieces of advice for emerging leaders today? The first, first thing that comes to mind is, yeah, be humble and and don't judge others too harshly. I think you know, when you get into leadership and you start, uh, you know, developing your leadership skills and learning more, it's it's easy to maybe misjudge decisions that have been made in the past. Uh, but it's it's been said that you know we stand on the shoulders of giants who have come before us. Uh, if you're a leader, um, almost nothing you do is accomplished solely by yourself, right? We do that with a team. Uh, For better or worse, we inherit decisions and actions of those who came before us, as will those who come after us inherit the decisions and actions that we've made. Uh, It is by recognizing this fact, though, that we can give ourselves uh, some grace when our own plans don't go perfectly, and there will be times that they won't go perfectly, so it's important to know that. Um, The the second piece of advice is, is to develop a plan, uh, to stay focused and ex- execute on those plans. If you find yourself uh, reacting instead of being proactive, again, it, it happens from time to time, uh, but you need to pause and develop that plan again, stay focused and execute, and just always getting back to, to planning, focusing, and executing. The third piece of advice I would give is really invest in your team, recognizing uh, their strengths and, and weaknesses and build on those strengths and minimize their weaknesses. By working together as a team with a unified focus, you can achieve almost anything. Uh, that takes knowing your team, though, and being vulnerable with with your team so that they know uh, that you're, you're able to admit what you know and what you don't know and, and also being able to play off of their strengths and and a good leaders always say, you know, tr- hire uh, people who are smarter than you are. You need to surround yourself with with other good leaders because, again, we don't accomplish anything by ourselves. Uh, nothing's done in a vacuum in healthcare, so we have to really rely on on those around us to to uh, drive towards the goal and be successful. Tim, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thanks, uh, Laura, for for the interview, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future.